Hey y'all, welcome back to Unsolved South. Hope everybody had a great week. I'm your host, Michelle. And I'm Maddie. Maddie, you got anything you need to say early? Uh, nope. Okay, so, um, again, we're trying to get a few recordings ahead for when Maddie pops this baby out. So, if you think we're behind on, um anything shout outs or whatever that's probably why and i did tell my mullet's rock story on the last episode so hope y'all all liked it but if you said something about it and i didn't acknowledge that on this show that's why because we're recording it ahead so anyway this story is gonna also take a winding path um we're gonna get there but uh we're just going to visit several stories. Scenic route. Yes, we're going to take the scenic route. Um, I can't help it. It's who I am. I get easily distracted from one story to the next. It's why uh, why we spent all that time in that town on the last couple of episodes. <laughs> so, um, this week we're going to talk about, for one, Denise Porch. Uh, she is a... 21 you know what i tell you what i just realized that i referenced this story in one of the last episodes thinking we had already recorded it i th- i figured you and I, referenced, like that, and I was like I yeah i referenced story, but i don't want to look like an idiot this story <laughs> in one of the last episodes that i said something had happened and we had done that story on it and uh and I just realized that we had not recorded it yet. <laughs> I, I didn't find it familiar, but then I was like, man, I don't want to sound like an idiot. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about. I almost was like, which story are we talking about? <laughs> so anyway, just realized that. So if y'all catch it, uh, shout it out on our Facebook. So <laughs> it. I'm not even going to tell y'all what it was. But uh, if y'all if y'all catch it, y'all let us know. But I just realized that I did that, <laughs> and we had not yet recorded this. So I do these stories, and then I'm trying to get them ahead, and I'm, I'm researching for so long. Sometimes I forget which ones we recorded and which ones we hadn't. Yeah. And I intended to record this one before the last two, and it got pushed back. So that's what had happened there. <laughs> anyway, starting over. Denise Porch was a 21-year-old white female, 5'6", 145 pounds, strawberry blonde hair, and blue eyes. Denise was working as an apartment manager at Yorktown Apartments in Charlotte, North Carolina. They lived, she lived, with her husband, Rodney, and he worked in insurance, so they were a happy little couple, young At about 3 p.m. on July 31st, 1975, I was like a month old, Denise taped a note on her apartment door, and um, that note was something she had done before. She let her husband know that she was stepping out to show an apartment to a prospective tenant, and um, it was part of her job duties, nothing unusual at all about it in court including her leaving the note. It was something she did often. 
Rodney comes home, though, about 8 p.m., and he finds the note on the door, but it's late. So mm -hmm. he's like, well, that's weird that she's not back, right? Um, he goes, her car is in the parking lot. He goes inside the apartment. He finds that the AC is on, the TV is on, her purse was on the table. There's nothing missing except for her master ring of apartment keys mm -hmm. and then the logs she kept of available apartments. Those two things are missing nothing else. There is no sign of a struggle, no sign anything is out of the ordinary. Um, he thinks it's weird that she's not back yet, though, because it's 8 p.m. And, yeah. you know, she should have been back by now. And so he waits a little while, but then he's like, it's too weird. He goes and starts looking um, at apartments that he knows are empty. And, you know, just kind of checking out the complex and he doesn't find her. So he comes back and calls the police. The... Police come out. Um, they don't say the whole 24 hours thing. They come out immediately. Good. They search the apartment complex. They do not find any evidence. They don't find anything. Um, they talked to the neighbors. A couple of people did report that they saw her showing an apartment or showing the property to a man that afternoon. Mm -hmm. But nobody had any real description. So they didn't. it didn't give them any leads. Denise and Rodney were, by all accounts, happily married. They had just returned from a first anniversary trip from the beach. Um, they had con concert tickets for the next weekend. They were going to see Seals and Cross. Um, Croft, sorry, Seals and Croft. And uh, you might remember they sang the song Summer Breeze. Yeah. It reminds me of Shrek the Halls, the Christmas movie with Shrek. <laughs> I love that movie. Anyway, they sing that song in it a lot. That's why it surprised me when you said you hadn't seen uh, Shrek Ever After or whatever. I have seen Shrek After Ever After. That is not Shrek Ever After. The one with Rumpelstiltskin? Where Shrek makes the magic contract to disappear and he's yes. going to disappear. I, I don't think that would. I thought um, Shrek Ever After was when they went to celebrate with her family. No. Plus Shrek 2. I thought Shrek 2 was, I don't know. Anyway, I had not seen it, but I do love Shrek. It's one of the few cartoons that I am all about. <laughs> <laughs> I sat there and watched the Shrek Halloween special by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love Shrek. Anyway, um, there is no indication that she would have left on her own. Um, you know, they. she had things planned everybody said they seemed happy like I always say you never know but there just was no real reason to believe that she would leave on her own her car was there also she could have taken her stuff in her car and been long gone mm -hmm. so um police believe that she actually must have been taken against her will they assume at gun or knife point because they just don't believe she walked away either now, the family got a ransom demand shortly after Denise went missing. And this man asked for $50,000. In 1975, that is a butt ton of yeah. money. Um, it turns out that he was just a scammer and he was trying to play on the family's grief. And he was not involved in the abduction at all. Oh, Hopefully, they arrest him. 
I hope so too and I hope that he has hemorrhoids and crotch fleas so he's an idiot I hope he gets that toilet paper I had at this Airbnb last night <laughs> this stuff was like wiping your butt with notebook paper <laughs> it le legit was like when you unrolled it from the roll it sounded like notebook paper so it was thick but not cushy it was like thick it but wasn't thin like at the same time <laughs> But it, it legit was like your notebook paper. Actually, your notebook paper would have been nicer to put my butt on. <laughs> That's an expensive notebook. Oh, no, that one's not. I thought that was my good notebook. Okay, so the family had Denise declared legally dead in 1982 after she had been missing for seven years. They did not want to, but at that point, they really didn't have a choice. Um, Yorktown Apartments was on Travola Road, mm -hmm. and in January of that exact same year, a woman named Priscilla Belvins had disappeared from that exact same road. So, just months earlier. Um, there is almost zero information on the circumstances of her disappearance. In 1985, though, her body was found off of Highway 40, but she was not identified until 2012. Her sister was finally able to bring her home, and she was buried near her parents. But it was on the same road, and it was within seven months. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's odd. Now, in 1984... Another young lady, 26-year-old part-time model, Sandy Elaine Cornett, disappeared. That's Sandy with two Ds. I like that spelling. I've never seen it before. I don't know anybody named Sandy, though. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Sandy is a white female. She has brown hair, green eyes, 5'8", 130 pounds. On November 18th, 1984, around 6.30, she had just had dinner with her fiancé at her house, and um, he, she walked him to the door. He looked back. She's standing in the doorway waving, and that's the last time he ever sees her. He was to call her when he got home because he lived in Greenville, South Carolina. <coughs> Excuse me. And so he was going to call, let it ring once, and let her know that he made it home. So he'd let it ring once and then hang up. And then she was going to call him back after 11 o'clock. And um, you look perplexed. I think we've talked about it before, and some of y'all young people may not know this. But long-distance charges back in the day were like a real thing. They were like a big deal. And I so, haven't seen that long-distance, though. Where was, where was she at? If you were to call, like, Augusta from here, that's long distance. Oh. Anybody that was not in your um, your first three digits it's of your distance. phone number oh. was long distance. Well, I guess your second three digits of your phone number, long distance. So, in, um, back then, because Billy made me doubt myself, and so I went and double-checked it, but... It was like $3 a minute during the day to call. Jeez. Yeah, like our parents made a huge deal. Like, you, that better not be long distance. <laughs> I heard that so many times. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they would have like daytime 
prices and then they had evening prices and then they had nighttime prices so after 11 o'clock the price would drop really low yeah and so that that thing where um i know we've talked about people doing the ring thing before um but it it was just something people would do you'd call let it ring once or let it ring twice and hang up and then it was just like a signal i made it or whatever yeah and um so then she was going to call him back after 11 p.m and that would have been when the charges um dropped and so it was like 70 cent a minute after 11 o'clock so you know it dropped from three dollars a minute to yeah 70 cent you know three dollars a lot of money especially because nobody's getting done with their conversation exactly so if i mean that's five minute conversations fifteen dollars yeah you know that's a lot of money i mean people get paid good money to have conversations like that anyway um <laughs> so that's the deal on why she was gonna call him back after 11. but she did not call him and he just assumed she had fallen asleep so he gets up the next day and he calls her at work but they tell him that she did not show up and that was unlike her. So he called Sandy's neighbor, Miss Broyles. Mm -hmm. And Sandy was real close with this neighbor. Um, they were tight. So she has a key and she goes over there and she's like, you know, let me check it out. Maybe she's sick or something. So she lets herself in and she does not see any signs of a break in. She doesn't see any signs of a struggle. The house is neat and clean like always. But when she goes into the bedroom, the TV is on. And that's odd. And Sandy's purse is dumped out on the bed. Hmm. Her keys, her ID, and her checkbook are all there. On the floor at the foot of the bed were some work papers. They were spread out like she had been working at the on the floor at the foot of the bed. Yeah. And her robe was crumpled up on the floor near them. She calls the police and she reports that Sandy is missing. Now, Sandy's ATM card is also missing. Mm -hmm. And they narrowed it down and said a blue tracksuit that she just wore hanging out around the house was missing and a dictation machine the police said that an answer machine was also taken because the killer's voice might have been on it but i think because i don't know how it would have captured his voice unless she was either recording an outgoing message yeah. when he broke in or if he had called her and so i actually think that they mean the dictation machine and i think they got it messed up What's a dictation machine? Um, it's like a tape recorder where, uh, you know, if you were like going through your work papers or something, you may yeah. be a you may be like recording your notes. And I think that she may have been working, recording her notes, and he came in mm. and he spoke. And so his voice was on the dictation machine because she was working. And I think that's why he took it. I don't think it was an answering machine at all. I just think they messed up on that. Um, her ATM card was used twice after she disappeared. Employees remembered that a man used the card. And 10 days after she disappeared, a woman called the bank. They had Sandy's account number. They inquired the balance and then asked to have the money transferred to another account. 
the employee was almost positive it wasn't Sandy's voice, and he said that they couldn't do that. She would have to come in, and the woman never called back, and nobody ever came in. A pretty good suspect came to light with Larry Jean Bell. Um, no, wait till you hear about this monster. He was born in Alabama. He moved to South Carolina during high school. He moved to Mississippi where he graduated high school and became a trained electrician. He then moved back to South Carolina where he married and had a son and joined the Marines. That didn't last long um, because he accidentally shot himself in the knee while he was cleaning his gun. What? And then he got divorced in um, 1976. So um, we're going to skip a little bit. On May 31st, 1985, 17-year-old Sharon, Sherry Faye Smith, was returning home from a pool party. She was full of excitement this week. She had so much going on. She had finally finished her last day of high school. She would be singing the national anthem at her graduation ceremony on June 2nd. The, um, a couple days after that, she was going to leave with a group of friends and go on a cruise to celebrate their senior trip. Um, Sherry came from a close, loving family. They were well-to-do. She had a mom, dad, a younger brother, and an older sister. They lived in Lexington, South Carolina. They had a beautiful house, super long driveway. At around 3.40, her father, who's working from home, glances out the window, and he sees Sherry turning into the driveway. A few minutes later, um, he thinks, well, she should have made it into the house by now. Yeah. And she hasn't. She would usually come in and say hey or whatever. And um, so he looks back out the window and he sees that her car is parked at the end of the driveway. So he's concerned. He hops in his car and he drives down the driveway. When he gets there, his concern um, was obviously for good reason. Her car is there. It's by the mailbox. The motor is running. The door is open. She is gone. There are bare footprints that lead to the mailbox. Mm -hmm. And then there's mail scattered all over the ground around the mailbox. They, he immediately called the police. They launched what would be at that time the largest search in South Carolina history. Um, they turned up no clues, though. The family began pleading in the press for her captor to return her. She was diabetic and she needed medication. Mm -hmm. On June 2nd, what should have been Sherry's graduation day, they received a phone call at the Smith house. And the, the person calling asked to speak to the mother, Hilda. And this voice was a male voice. It was distorted. They were using some kind of device to distort the voice. Um, or maybe just doing it, you know, just making a voice. I don't know. Yeah. Um, this guy says, Sherry is with me. Then he describes the swimsuit that she was wearing under her clothes. He did not make a demand for ransom. He says she's doing fine and they're just hanging out together watching TV and that the family would be receiving a letter the following day. Police were um, 
able to trace the call to a payphone about 20 miles away, but the man was long gone before they got there. Bob and the police went to the post office to pick up the letter. Bob was the first. Bob is the father. I don't know if I said that earlier. I feel like I might have, but I don't know. Anyway, Bob was the first one to read the letter. And it's a two-page letter on yellow legal paper. Mm -hmm. It's handwritten. It's in Sherry's handwriting. And it's titled, Last Will and Testament. Bob is absolutely destroyed. He's even more destroyed when he thinks that he's going to have to go tell Hilda what this letter says. The police take the letter and they send it to forensics. They hope to find DNA, handwriting, anything, anything, fingerprint, mm -hmm. any evidence they can pull off of it. In this letter, Sherry mentions several times how much she loves everybody. She says that she will be in heaven with her father, meaning God, and that they should not let what happened to her ruin their lives. She also requested a closed casket funeral. This um, monster calls the same day to confirm that they had gotten the letter. He spoke to Hilda and asked if she believed him now. She basically replied that she wanted proof of life. And um, he said, well, you'll find out in a few days. That she's already dead? That night, there was another phone call to Hilda. The man said, Sherry is part of me now. Physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Our souls are one now. The following day, there was another call, and this time the man spoke with Dawn, who was Sherry's older sister. He told her that Sherry had written that letter on June 1st at 3.10 a.m. And that at 4.58 a.m., they became one soul. Dawn asked what he meant, and she was told not to ask questions. He went on to say that Sheriff Metz needed to stop looking for Sherry. And in the background, Hilda begged him not to kill her daughter. And he said, Sherry loves and misses y'all. Get good rest. Good night. What do I feel like he's going to eat her? I don't know. The following day, June 5th, he calls again, and he gives Hilda directions to follow to a location. He says, we're waiting. God chose us. Hilda obviously wanted to go, but they convinced her it wasn't a good idea, and the police went, and they found Sherry's body at the location. Sherry had been dead for about four days, um, about 12 hours after she had been taken. She was killed. And that did mean that he probably had killed her that first night at 4.58 a.m. when he told her sister that they had become one soul. Mm -hmm. That was probably when he killed her. Her cause of death looked like it was suffocation. There were signs that duct tape had been wrapped around her head, but the tape was gone. Um, they were unable to determine if she had been sexually assaulted 
the duct tape had been taken and so there were no fingerprints or anything they could get off of that and there was no evidence on the body but her body was intact yes okay so he didn't eat her he did not eat her i don't know i got vibes that he ate her i don't know he's a creep yeah on june 6th there was another phone call to dawn the man said that he was planning to turn himself in that day that next day and that maybe he was thinking he would just kill himself instead she uh, he asked her for forgiveness and he said it had all gotten out of hand and he had just wanted to make love to dawn dawn questioned what he meant and he corrected himself and said sherry he would often swap Dawn's name in anytime he was talking to her about Sherry. And so there's a school of thought that he actually had been stalking Dawn, but mistake, mistook Sherry for her mm -hmm. and grabbed the wrong sister. And they did look a lot alike. They were both blondes. They were both um, very pretty, had very similar builds. Um, they looked a lot alike. So, you know, I can kind of see how you could mistake them. Now, this piece of crap who hopefully right now is a dirty marshmallow roasting on Satan's pitchfork, he chose the day of Sherry's funeral to make his final phone call about Sherry to the family. He called Dawn and he described in vivid detail the torture and murder of her sister, including her sexual assault. He then threw in that he had allowed Sherry to choose her own method of death. He had given her the choice between being shot, overdosed, or suffocated. He also allowed her to choose the time of her death. Good dude, right? Mm, so kind. Yeah. He described how he had wrapped duct tape around her head and watched her die. He said God was ready to accept her as an angel. Two weeks later, a 10-year-old named Deborah May Helmick was taken from the front yard of her house. She lived about 25 miles from the Smith residence, and she had been outside playing with her siblings while her father was in the house. Deborah was a pretty blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl. She looked a lot like Sherry, except for, you know, she was a kid. Mm -hmm. And... Um, just like that, just like Sherry, she was there and then she wasn't. On the night of June 23rd, Dawn again received a phone call. The first thing the man said to her was, God wants you to join Sherry Faye. They can't protect you forever. It's just a matter of time. Then he asked if she had heard of Deborah May Helmick. Um, at first, she couldn't remember, but then she remembered that there was a kid missing not far from her. And she was like, uh, yeah, I know who she is. And he said, listen carefully. And he gave her directions down a dirt road. Police followed his directions, but they knew what they would find this time. And it was devastating. He had killed the child in the same way he had killed Sherry. Mm. He had stopped distorting his voice this time, though. And um, he was so sure he was smarter than the cops, smarter than everybody. 
Um, he was smarter than the than everybody. He just was not concerned anymore with being, he didn't even bother to disguise his voice. He just flat out talked to her this time. And um, he wasn't, though, smarter than the budding forensic science that was just coming into um, really big play at the time. So remember that letter that Sherry had written? Mm-hmm. Well, they thought it stood to reason that because it was a legal pad, that at some point something else may have been written on it. Oh, yeah. And so they feed it into this electrostatic detection apparatus, which basically like finds any indentions on the paper mm-hmm. and then um, tells you what they are. And... <clears throat> So this is a new technology, really. And so they feed the machine in and score. They find a degraded list of names and phone numbers. Now, most were unreadable, but the last name was listed as call in case of emergency. And the number was almost complete. That um, number had nine of the ten digits. The only one missing was the last one. So and that only, only nine left options. Them, that's right, ten. Ten options. Zero. Oh yeah, zero. Through nine. So that left them ten possibilities, and they called the first nine of those possibilities, and before they hit dirt. <laughs> so um, they call. A young man answers. They say, you know, we're we're just calling to find out if you have any contacts in South Carolina. Do you know anybody in South Carolina? And the guy goes, yeah, I do. My father lives in South Carolina. Ooh. And so um, his father, Ellis Shepard, lived about 15 minutes away from the Smith home. Ooh. So he gives them his father's information. They contact Mr. Shepard, and he's willing to help any way he can. You know, he's like, yeah, I'll do whatever it takes. But he says, you know, I honestly don't think that I'm going to be of any help because me and my wife, Sherry, were out of town when Mm. this happened. And so, you know, I don't know what help I can offer, but I'm willing to help any way I can. So police meet up with him and they play him the recording of the voice from the last call with Dawn. And without hesitation, Shepard says, that's Larry Jean Bell. Larry had half sat for Shepard while he was out of town. Um, Further information, investigation showed that some of the calls that he made to the Smith's residence were made from Shepard's home. He was arrested on June 27, 1985. He said he didn't have anything to do with the murders of Sherry or Deborah. But remember, they have him on tape. Yeah. And they have that list on the paper from the thing. I mean, they have him. But he's like, oh, no, that wasn't me. He says, listen, it wasn't me. That was bad Larry. Bad Larry did that. And then he proceeds to act crazy in his trial, talking to people that aren't there, saying random things. And um, Nice try, dude. Yeah. And so... They don't fall for it. They find him guilty on both counts, and they sentence him to death. Good. So, 
I bet you're asking, what does this have to do with Denise Porch and Priscilla Belvins and Sandy Cornette, for that matter? Follow me here. Denise and Priscilla not only looked very much alike, but um, they disappeared on the same road just six months apart. Guess who lived two miles from Ooh. that very location? Bell. Two miles away. So what about Sandy, right? Can't be connected to her. Yeah, it can. Well, before Sandy was happily engaged, she had dated another man. And this man worked at an airline. And guess who not only worked at that airline with the ex, but was invited by said ex for a party given at Sandy's house. Mm. Yep, Devil's Marshmallow himself, Bill. He not only knew her, but he had actually been to her house. So what are the chances that she would randomly get picked by somebody else? Yeah. So, for the record, he denied any involvement with the disappearances of any of those later ladies, and um, but police did suspect him, and they also suspected him of other killings and disappearances, but the only two that they were able to make stick were the two of the little girl and Sherry. Mm. Now, um, during one of the interviews... He said, though, of Sandy, that God may allow him to give the location of Sandy's body in a couple days. But he had to talk to God about it. And um, he never did give up that location. So I guess God told him no. Yeah. I don't think he was talking to the same God as the rest of us. No. But in any case. Um you got questions or comments about that one? What? I ain't going to ask you for no theories no more because you don't ever have no theories. So <laughs> I give my theories during the thing. Like, I had a theory that he ate her and then he did not eat her. He, did, was like, oh my he did not eat her. He did not eat her. But um, isn't it so creepy if you stop to think about it, though, that, you know, just somebody that you know, work with Noah, you know, you invite them over for game night or something. And then yeah. years later, they're like, you know what? I think I'm going to go back and kill her. Yeah. For why? <laughs> why? I, mean, I liked her. Let me go kill her. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that you run across somebody in your life. But you know how many times we do these stories and it's like, um, Oh, and there was a serial killer working over here, and there was a serial mm -hmm. killer over there. And, you know, then this random crime happened. And so, at any given time, we've got to be really close to, like, a bunch of killers. Yeah. Like, how many how many serial killers have you walked past in your life? On a and, grocery but even store, not just anything. serial killers, but regular killers. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody that, you know, run over somebody and never... Never turn themselves that. in or somebody that you know shot somebody in a robbery or something and then they're just out living their lives and they're next to you in the line at the grocery store all of a sudden mm -hmm. you don't even know mm -hmm. and then next thing you know you like take the last candy bar and they're pissed about it and then 
a week later you turn up dead and nobody puts it together that it was because you took the last candy bar at the Walmart. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's weird. It's crazy to think about that stuff. Yeah. So, a little um, just good for her. Dawn, mm -hmm. Sherry's sister. Yep. She won Miss South Carolina pageant the following year. So, 1986, oh. she was Miss South Carolina. So, good on her. And then I got two other things to say, and they're not really about the story, but kind of, but not really. So, um, I'm going through my notes on the story, and the spell check on this computer just, like, gave up on me. Like, I'm <laughs> noticing it as I'm reading it, too. I'm like, man... I ain't smell nothing right. I mean, they just <laughs> gave up on me. It's like, nah, girl, you know that that word is not spelled with three eyes in a row. No. <laughs> and they just give up. It's like, I ain't even going to help you no more. If you ain't going to help yourself, I ain't going to help you. That's how my computer is. And I always, like, you know, I complain about it on my phone. Hmm. This one goes above and beyond because I swear it changes words. Like when I'm typing it out, it thinks I need to use a certain word. And so it changes it. And then when I get it done, they're like, oh, no, this word's wrong. And I'm like, that is not what I type. I know that's not what I type. <laughs> and it makes me feel like I'm crazy or something. Yeah. I'm like, I 100% did not put that. There's no way. I want to record myself typing it so I can catch doing it because I really think my computer's out to get me. I'm like a midline speller. I'm not like a terrible speller, but I'm not like a great speller. But I got to write it down if I'm going to spell it because yeah. I'm not a good speller <laughs> out loud. Like um, I was dictating a bus note to Zane mm -hmm. and I was like, um, I was like bus, B-U-S-S. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> no, just one S. But, like, I'm just a spelling. Yeah. Like, I was saying the words and spelling them because he's writing it. Like, I know they look at his handwriting. They know it's not my handwriting. Yeah. But I don't want them to think I don't know how to spell. <laughs> so, and I'm, like, dictating. And then I said it. And then I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> and then when I went to uh, finish the note, like, I'm parked, but my car shakes yeah. when it's sitting because the motor's loud. And uh, and so, like, I'm like, this looks like... Fake? I, I don't know. But I put my phone number on everything, and then he wrote my phone number on it. And so I'm like, if they think it's fake, they'll call me. But I really don't think they care. No. You know, small town schools are a little different than uh, bigger schools where they're like... I don't know. Like, I don't think you ever signed a document <laughs> when I was in school. I signed them all. I don't know. I showed them all to you, but you were like, all right, sign it. <laughs> I, just, I feel like um, that they just don't. They're like, well, I'll see her mom at the grocery store. So, yeah. You know, but I, I don't. His school will call and they'll be like, hey, can he ride the bus with this coach? And you're like, yeah, I don't. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't, I just don't think they care that much. But I put my phone number on any note I write in mm -hmm. case they do have questions. But, yeah, but it was rough. That was a rough <laughs> note. Anyway, so I can't spell out loud, but, um, you know, I'm not that bad. I'm, so, I'm, like, writing, like, because it's rare that I don't have somebody in talking to me all the mm -hmm. time, like, asking me random questions or just staring at me or... 
you know, whatever. <laughs> and then, like, occasionally my dog will, like, sit there and then just bark at nothing. Or, like, I don't know, he's staring. So maybe it ain't nothing. I don't know. So, like, I'm typing. Like, if I get to typing, I'm, like, on a thought. I'm, like, 100 mile an hour trying to get it out. And so, I got, like, shaky hands and fat fingers. So, like, I feel like sometimes... I get close. Yeah. But, you know, it's not the exact word. But, I don't know. My computer's like, no, no. That ain't what we're doing. Anyway. So, um, I got one more thing to say. And I've been meaning to say this for a minute. But a couple weeks ago, probably months ago now, uh, this chick named Heather Westaby. Mm -hmm. So, this heifer looks me dead in my eye. And she writes a message that made me cry. And she's talking about how great we are. And I appreciate that again. Anyway, she says that her and her husband like to try to call somebody a heifer every day. Mm -hmm. Right? So, that reminds me of a game that me and Billy used to play back in the day. When we'd hear a word we like, we would try to slip it into conversation, but with somebody else. So, if we heard a word that we took a liking to, something that just struck us as funny, we would have a conversation with somebody, and then we would just randomly use that word. And not always, like, it made sense in the conversation. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you'd be, like, in a sentence, throw in a, a word, yeah. and it's not, it doesn't belong. They never call you out on it, though. Never. So, anyway, whenever one of us would slip it in... We just like look at the other one and kind of grin because like this little joke yeah. between us, right? And so um, it always would make me laugh. And so we used to do that. And um, when it didn't make sense was when it was the best because then you were laughing because it didn't make sense <laughs> and because the person did not call you out on it and because you got this little secret joke between you. And so, um, but our favorites that we used to do it with back in the day, but now we just use them all the time, just in regular, regular talking. So now we can't do it, but, uh, that is how we got to saying ass hat and ass clown mm -hmm. is because that's what we did and we used it in conversation, but it made us laugh so much. We just continued to use it. I mean, and, you know, it's rubbed off on our kids because we say that stuff at noon 30. I know. So. You said that was an inside joke, and I was like, oh, I wondered where that came from. What? Ass out? Noon 30. Oh, noon 30? Or midnight 30. It was midnight 30. I said noon 30 and midnight 30 all the time. All the time. <laughs> say and that. I'm like, I don't know where it came from. I just say it. It was a, um, we, the... Not the newspaper where we live, but in the next town over, which is like a rival town in football and stuff. Um, their newspaper had published this story about um, something that had happened. And they said it happened at midnight 30. And, <laughs> and I got to laughing because I was like, I do not believe that is a correct method of time telling. <laughs> so, but it's printed in their newspaper. Yeah. And so um, I read it to him and and he got chuckled about it. And then we slipped it <laughs> into conversation. And now anytime I um anytime that's a time that you know needs told, I'm like it's midnight thirty. 
<laughs> so I think um like the the one fast food restaurant in town got broke into or something and they were like it happened about midnight 30. <laughs> it just struck me as so funny. <laughs> so that's where that got from. But uh yeah, it's like a if that is a shout out to Billy, but I guess he ain't called up because he is not um he is not called me out and been like, oh, I heard that. So, but he like randomly will ask me a question about one of the stories or something. Yeah. And I'm like, he's like 10 behind, I think. So you got to think about what had happened was. Right. But I not only have all the stories we've recorded, but mm -hmm. I've got the stories that I'm in the middle of researching, the stories that I did that we hadn't recorded. Like I've got stories that I worked on and then was like, this one's not calling to me right now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got research done on it, but I'm just not working on it. Actively. I don't know how you keep it straight. Like sure I've got a hundred different files. Like I have a file for stories in progress. I have a file for stories that um, are possible stories. I got files for stories that um, that I'm doing with that are ready to be recorded. Mm -hmm. And then I got, you know, just the individual. I got like a file for show notes. <laughs> I got a file for everything. <laughs> so, but I've got all this information in my head. And sometimes he's like, you know, the one with the girl. Okay. And I'm like... You're going to have to give me a little more something than that. <laughs> like, what so happened to her? He was, uh, <laughs> like, the other night he was talking about the, the, I can't think of her first name, but the Oki girl. Remember, she is the one that disappeared in the hurricane. Oh. And he was talking about the mother in that story and that he, that she looked guilty because she came rushing home immediately yeah. and there were things that she did that were shady but it didn't make sense for it to be her and so he felt like it was the guy from the church mm -hmm. and um and then he was like you know the one with the girl and i was like i know i honestly do not <laughs> you're gonna have to give me more information so when you first said that i was thinking back and okay now that i'm caught up and know which one you're talking about mm -hmm. i thought you were talking about the little girl that went missing in the tornado remember in um, the family yeah. got killed and then joan croft yeah but that's who my mind went to first and then joan it Gate jumped croft. to the other girl yeah see that's what i mean he's like but he'll say you know the one and i'm like no because i've got I've got missing person stories in my head all the time. Yeah. I don't keep them straight. I don't know. No details. Randy will come and be like asking me about this certain detail or something. Or she'll send me a TikTok about something. She'll be like, did you see this case? And I'm like, girl, no, I didn't. The only <laughs> missing persons cases that I, that I hear about are the ones you tell me. No, <laughs> I... I got people that um, send me cases and all, but uh, bless their hearts. Uh, like probably eight times out of ten they're not from the south yeah and i'm like oh that's a good case but um but you know it's not for our show but it's a good case but and then there's stuff that i'm like man i wish this had happened in the south because this is a good story and um i'm probably gonna throw one or two I mean, in there we can stretch, occasionally stretch yeah. the south what's the south really mean 
<laughs> but it's south of there the are so Pole. many. There are so many though from the south that are like, like I don't think we'll ever get to a place where we run out of yeah stories. It, my thing is that how are so many of them just so off the wall where they've got these weird twists or like how are so many of them right and then how are so many just not solved right and they've got like all the evidence in the world and they're not solved yeah and then they've got some that have zero evidence and how do you not have evidence like how do you not know anything you don't know not one thing it's i don't know it's weird I tell you, uh, let me tell you something that happened. This was, <laughs> Zane's got um, weightlifting today, uh-huh. and um, and it reminded me. I was thinking about it because one of the last times he had weightlifting, I would go because, like I said, I don't get a lot of alone time or time when people aren't needing me for something, mm-hmm. and so I would go early. And then I would see it in the parking lot and work on stories because I'm alone and nobody's talking to me there, mm-hmm. right? And so I would sit there, be alone. I could concentrate, make all my notes and everything. Then I'd come back and type them out, right? So, um, because there is no internet, like, out there. Yeah. Anyway, so I was one of the last times last year when he had weightlifting or maybe it's football practice. I'm sitting up there. It must have been football practice because they had a game going on. And so I parked at the top parking lot, which is the old um, Board of Education building or an old school or something. I don't know. Anyway, nobody else parks up there because there's like this huge staircase and it's like a whole. Then you got to walk all the way around the gym mm-hmm. and to get in. And so it's like a lot of walking if you park up there so not that many people park up there some do not many anyway i'm parked up there and i'm like i'm into what i'm doing and uh all of a sudden i see somebody cross in front of my car and i'm like up there there is nobody else up there yeah and um so i glance up and there's a woman like right next to my car And then I think, oh my God, because it's not like me to be so unaware of what's going on around me. But I was like into what I was doing. And and she's like right there at my car. And it startled me. (laughs) And so she like uh, motions for me to roll down the window. And so I'm rolling down like two inches. I'm not rolling it down much. And she's got like two dogs with her. And um, one's on a leash and one's just randomly following her. And so she goes, um, so I'm not going to say that she was on drugs or something, but she does, again, feel like she had been recently acquainted with some drugs. Yeah. And so um, she goes, hey. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, uh, I need a ride. Not my car. And I'm like, Sorry. I can't help you. And uh, she's like, I just need to go to Augusta. So that's like an hour one yeah. way. That's no that's way. not close. That's not like to the gas station a mile away. That's like a, a long trip. And I said, listen, I'm waiting on my son um, to come out of football practice. I can't help you. And she goes, I wish I was. And I was like, 
what? And she goes, waiting on my son. My son's in the hospital. He got blown up in, um, I want to say, Afghanistan. Okay. And this is not when everything was going down in Afghanistan. This was like um, last year. This was not, like, nothing was really happening. No, she said Kuwait because Will was in Kuwait. And uh, and she said Kuwait. And I was like, what? And she said he ran over an IUD. An IUD. Like the birth control? He ran over an IUD in Kuwait. And so I catch it, but I'm like... Is it true? Is it not true? Now, I'm running it through my mind, but like I said, Will either was there or had recently come back from there. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, I really feel like he would have mentioned it. Yeah. I feel like he would have said, you know, something went down. But also, I happen to know, um, just based on things that people I know that know have said that nothing really happens there. Like, it's like a, you know, it's just like a holding ground. It's not, there's nothing really going on there. They yeah. play football a lot. They, like, have shopping centers and stuff. Like, I mean, this boy was forever at, like, Subway or something. Mm -hmm. it, there was, like, it's just not war zone. Right. Going on. You know? Not running over an IUD, you know. Right. Like, you know, people that are in the military will generally go, Kuwait's not really a deployment because, <laughs> because nothing's happening, you know. Yeah. So, um, if you know somebody in the military, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. To other people, you're like, oh, shit, you're going to Kuwait. You know, it sounds like a big deal, but to people in the military, they're like, meh. You know, it's just not a big deal to them. So, um, I'm running it through my head and I don't want to be like, and that doesn't sound true, but it doesn't sound true mm -hmm. at the same time. And so I'm like, oh, when did that happen? Cause you know, back in the day stuff did go down. I'm like, when did that happen? Yesterday. And I'm like, oh my, he's in the hospital in Augusta. How did they get him? Dang! <laughs> Jeez. And so, I'm like looking at her. And I know my face betrays me because, <laughs> because I, I'm not good at like controlling my face sometimes. And so, I'm looking at her and I'm really, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening here. And so, I'm, I'm like, well, I, I hate to hear that. And uh, I'm like, but I can't help you. And uh, she's like, I'm just trying to get to my son because um, he's laying in the hospital and I can't do anything for it. And I'm like, uh, I hate to hear that. And But I want to ask, I want to call her out, you know, probably because my son is in the military. I want to call her out. I want to be like, you know, do you know that this really happens to people? Like, mm -hmm. they didn't get him from Kuwait yesterday. And have him at the hospital in Augusta today. Mm -mm. It, that's not a thing. It's mm -mm. not a thing. And why would they choose the Augusta hospital? Right. So, you know, they would send him to a country closer that was more, um, like, I don't know what to call it. Well Neutral. 
that was also well equipped. They would get him stabilized and then they would, when he was ready to almost be released, send him home. That's how it, it, I was just like, and it's like a 14 hour flight or something. It's like, it's like a long time. And I'm like, you know, so in my mind, I'm thinking this is BS. But also, she's got these two dogs with her. Was she expect? right? This is my other thing. I'm like, first off, does this look like the kind of car that you're going to load up two random dogs in? Absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. Like, I make my kids change clothes before they get in my car. Like, I make Zane take a sheet. To put down on my seats when he gets out of weightlifting and stuff. Because I don't want his funk touching my seats. Absolutely. I love my dog. My dog is just my, oh my God, he's my baby. Absolutely not. I do not even let him in there. He sheds too much. I won't even brush my hair in my own car because I shed too much. (laughs) We do not eat in this car. We do not drink in this car. You may have a water. You may transport a drink. If it is a clear or light-colored liquid, it is not red. It is not a liquid like Kool-Aid. No, it is absolutely not. No. Lady, does this look like the kind of car you're going to load your dogs up in? Get a random trip to Augusta to the hospital, and then what? I've got to babysit your dogs? Absolutely not, lady. And so I'm annoyed and I'm like, um, I'm still like in a little, like, I'm a little shook that she came up to my car and I did not realize it. Yeah. I'm a little shook by that too. And then I'm like, I feel like an ass now. Cause I'm like, if something did happen to her son, I'd feel like an ass, but I'm like, no way. Though. I'm like, okay, well have a good day. <laughs> I brought up my window and I thought, have a good day. What kind of notice? What? Have a good day? She's like, my son got blown up. I'm like, have a good day. (laughs) Okay, then. I rolled up my window. And then I went back to my notebook like I'm looking, but I'm like glancing up. She stood there. I'm yeah, like, probably stunned because you said, have a good day. I'm like writing, but I'm like glancing up, trying to like, why is she still there? <laughs> Please walk away. <laughs> Please go away now, lady. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And then when I um I drove down to the bottom field to pick him up so he wouldn't have to hike up those stairs after How practice. long did she stay there? She stood there for like way longer than she should. Like a full minute. 60 seconds is a long time when somebody's just standing outside of your car staring. Yeah. It is a long time. I do not love it. So anyway, I drove down to the bottom parking lot to pick up him so he wouldn't have to drive the um, run the stairs because I figured he was tired enough. And um, when I, I sat down there for a second and then when I pulled out, like she's wandering, she's up at the like jet like in there but i mean she's not like talking to anybody to get a ride she like was coming out of the jet i I see her all the time now walking with her dogs yeah but uh how's your son doing did you have a good day that day i don't know and then you know how you do when you got like social anxiety and you're like why did i say that yeah like when somebody's replaying it in the shower like yeah stupid 
like with somebody's like, how are you doing? And you're like, you too. You're like, why did I say that? <laughs> you know what my other big one is, is that when somebody does something or says something, and then I cannot remember if I said thank you. Mm. And so, and then it, it like haunts me. I'm like, did I say thank you? Like, do they think I'm rude now? Are they like, I did this and that heifer didn't even say thank you. Like, are they telling people that story? Are they like off telling their, their like therapist that <laughs> they held the door for me and I didn't say thank you or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it haunts me. Like, people do something. One of my biggest pet peeves, and I don't know why it's a pet peeve, but it is so annoying to me, is when people say you're welcome. Why? When they don't really do anything for you. So, like, if they compliment you, like, your hair looks so good today, you say? Thank you. You're welcome. It just, uh, it's weird. I don't like it. I don't like when you say, my hair, you didn't have anything to do with my hair. So, why are you saying you're welcome? You I think they're saying, welcome. well, the way you said it sounded like your hair doesn't really look good. And they were just being catty. No, it's just like. Because there is that they'll, thing. They'll write but it out. They'll type it out on Facebook. And I'm just like, don't say you're welcome. I don't want you I to say you're welcome. Saying, it's so annoying. I think they're saying that you're welcome for the compliment. Your kid is so cute. Thank you. Yeah, he's he's adorable. He's doing but, Okay, so why do you say thank you then? Because it's nice. But then but you you're not welcome to. Do. You didn't do anything for. Thank you for the compliment, but you're not, you're not saying, it's just so weird. I don't like it. I don't like you're welcome. If you're saying thank you for the compliment, then why can't they say you're welcome for the compliment? Okay, but here's the thing. If I baked you a cake and I brought it to you and you're like, oh my God, thank you so much. I say, you're welcome anytime. Here you go. Okay. That doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me. So you feel like somebody has to have had something to do with what they're thinking, yes. what you're get, what you're thanking them for. Yes. In order for them to say you're welcome. Yes. I, I think you're. No, this is it's a weird. It's so one. freaking weird. I'm not with you on this one. <laughs> so I probably weird. do that all the time. I am not with you on this one. So you say you're welcome for somebody's compliment. So like. Yeah, because what are you going to do? Just not say anything? Not say, I'd rather you say nothing. <laughs> no, that's, or no. you continue the conversation. No, because... You either say nothing at all or you continue the conversation. You're welcome. It's just rude to me. It just sounds rude to me. It's so freaking rude. <laughs> I don't think it's rude. I think you it's probably read it down. in your head as it's rude, like on Facebook, but it's probably not. Like, I have these people like that I don't like on Facebook, and then mm. whenever I read a comment that they say, I read it with an attitude. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then Billy, I always calls me out on it he's like it's probably not even um like how they wrote it you just don't <laughs> like them because you know true, like, true. he's like they probably are like thanks and you're like thank you unless <laughs> i'm gonna call this ever out i i ain't gonna say her name but i don't like her but she probably anyway so my kid used to go to another school that he doesn't go to anymore and there was this mom there and there was this whole to do about um kids that if they could not did not pay their lunch um the school starved them 
like they didn't eat. Like it wasn't what? like they got a peanut butter sandwich or something. I think they um, gave them like a little thing of peanut butter and a thing of jelly and two slices of bread. Like they legit had to build oh their own. Oh my god! And they got like the peanut butter sandwich that they had to build themselves. And so, and it was embarrassing. And um, the thing is that. You know, sometimes you forget, especially if you've got more yeah. than one kid. Sometimes you forget. And then sometimes you got a kid that don't remember anything. Mm. And so they don't say, hey, I'm out of lunch money or whatever. And so, and some people just don't have the money right then. Because the lunch was not cheap and it was not good. So you've got these things going on. It was probably some of the worst school food I've ever eaten. And um, so you got all this stuff going on. So, okay. So some of the parents were like... And me included were like, you know, is there a way that we can chip into um, like a school-wide fund or something where if a kid forgets their lunch money or forgets their lunch and they just don't have money on the books because they usually bring their lunch and they just forgot because that had happened to my nephew. He generally would bring mm -hmm. his lunch. He walked out, forgot his lunch. Well, he didn't have money on the books. And he had to build his own peanut butter sandwich. And I'm, you know, I'm like, if, is there a way that there could be some sort of fun set up, mm -hmm. you know, that parents could contribute to, to where if a child forgot their lunch or didn't have lunch money, that would be covered. The other thing that is annoying to me about this was that they did not send a note and say, hey, just a heads up, Johnny doesn't have yeah. lunch money. So, you know, he had to eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich today and um, and that he had to build his own. That annoyed me. Anyway, I don't know if that's just me, but that just feels like no, above and beyond. That feels really like you're does. just really humiliating these kids for no reason. For it's no reason. not like you just handed them a sandwich and let them go about their life. They like have to build it in front of their friend. It annoyed me. I was like, this is ridiculous. So anyway, everybody's like about this fund. And, you know, there were a couple other moms and they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll ask so-and-so about it. So this heifer pops up. And she's like, honestly, I don't know what kind of mom could forget to give their kid lunch money. I mean, that's just poor parenting. And true, they may, um, something may come up, but their kids should be able to last the day without food. What? I know that when my son gets home, I always plan to have him a nutritious snack waiting. Ooh, buddy. So, um, I, I would not personally contribute. Nobody okay. asks you to, Thank first you. of all. Thank you. You're Nobody welcome. Nobody asked you, Heifer. Wasn't that rude? It's so rude. It's so freaking rude. <laughs> so freaking rude. Oh my God, you with this, you're welcome. <laughs> all right, continue. So anyway, it's like, it must be nice to be perfect, Heifer. <laughs> I mean, it must, but, and that's what I said. I'm like, it must be nice to be perfect, Heifer. But some people got jobs. Some people got more than one kid. Some people got sick family members. Some people got stuff going on that they absolutely cannot have a nutritious snack waiting on their son. First off, second off, I don't want to be shaming nobody's kid, but this kid did not look like he was eating a nutritious snack after, food, after <laughs> school. He also did not look like he had missed a meal at the school. So he could not, in fact, go all day. I'm not going to talk. I mean, I'm chunky, so I'm just going to say it. 
I'm just going to say, <laughs> this child was not eating celery sticks. And then she was like, so anyway, we said that. And then um, somebody else was like, I don't believe anybody asked you to contribute. What was said was, if parents feel like they want to contribute to this, yeah. can we get it set up? So that no child has to go through this. Nobody's actually out here sending you a bill saying you have to contribute. Yeah. So, I mean, just mind it. Just mind it, Susan. Just mind it. Anyway. Um, so I had gone off about it must be nice to be perfect and all of this. Listen, I raised six kids. Shit falls through the cracks. You forget a yeah. bus note. You forget a shoe. I mean, who knows? You got stuff I mean, how on. many times have you gone to work? And forgotten your own lunch. Let alone yeah. your kids' lunch. I've walked out of the house and been like, I am not wearing shoes. <laughs> yeah. I have. I'm wearing a Mullins Rock t-shirt. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we we went to, um, it was like a wedding or something. And I got up there and we got like halfway there. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm wearing my hot pink croc looking slides. They're like <laughs> knockoff foam croc slides. They're not like Crocs because they're not closed <laughs> in, but that's yeah. like that material, but the knockoff type. Yeah. And they're like hot pink. They're filthy dirty because I wear them around my house cleaning all the time. I'm like, oh my God, I am perfectly dressed up <laughs> with Crocs. <laughs> and this is, and they're not even Crocs. Oh Lord. And I'm like, oh my God. And my husband had had to go into the Walmart and buy me shoes <laughs> to put on my feet. Stuff happened. This heifer gonna come back and say, my sister raised nine kids. It was some ridiculous number of kids. She raised nine kids and she worked outside of the home and she would never have forgotten any of this. She would never forget to pack her kids a lunch or to get them lunch money. It's just inexcusable. Hoity toity. And so when I read her messages, mm -hmm. that's how I read them. And so, and then like anytime, <laughs> so we had this whole thing, right? And other people like jumped on her and ripped her apart. It's neither, I feel like yeah. that's mom shaming and it's, it's nasty. It it's is. Like, I ain't going to say Nobody. what it is, but I, it's, it gives off an energy that ain't good. So we're just going to leave it at that. Mm -hmm. But it's so nasty. <sighs> anyway. So, any time from that point forward that she made a comment about anything, she could be like, you know, is it okay to park in the third parking space in the lot? And I'm like, oh, this heifer, is it okay to park in the third space? And so he's <laughs> like, you read her, her, you have the same voice every time you read one of our messages. <laughs> and that's how I read everything. Like she'd be on other pages and I'd run across her and I'd be like, that's such a cute shirt. <laughs> and so that was her voice. Anytime I saw her, I not stand her. Did you ever meet her in real life? I know who she is. Like I've seen her, but no, I never... I didn't seek her out. And then one of my friends was like, oh my God, let me tell you. And I'm like, what? Cause you know, I got this, I got yeah. this group of friends that, um, you know, we're girls. And so whenever somebody has annoyed us, you have annoyed all of us. Mm -hmm. You have not just annoyed one of us. We all hate <laughs> you now. 
Because we're like, yeah, girl, we'll slash her tires. You know, that's how we are. That's how we roll. Okay, so. Um, allegedly. Them, allegedly. And so I tell them, I'm like, oh, look at this heifer. <laughs> so, um, like, I'm screenshotting and I'm like, oh, this heifer did this. This heifer did that, right? And so they're like, oh, yeah, we can't stand her. So one of my friends pops up and she's like, oh, because this woman has a really unusual name. She's like, oh, I can't stand the heifer either. Let me tell you why. She's got her own reason. So when she was like in third grade or something, she had this crush on this little boy. And this heifer stole her boyfriend. <gasps> oh, no, she And didn't. she's like, I know it's that same Because she's got like a hella unusual name. Mm. And so she's like, I know it's the same one. And so then we like uh, pulled up her pictures <laughs> so we could see if it really was. And uh, she's like, I can't tell. Because this is third grade and we're all old. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we don't know. We don't even know what we look like in third grade. So we're like, but she's like, I know that's her. And so now we know that she stole this friend of mine's boyfriend in third grade. And she's a mom shamer. And she's, <sighs> we don't even like her. Damn. I know. It's so nasty. So I nasty. That. I hate that. I hate a mom shamer. So here's my thing. Especially a new mom. Like, I think moms in particular feel like they're always messing something up. Yeah, always. Like, no matter what you're doing, no matter, like, you can do a hundred things correct and you'll do, like, one thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you accidentally trip your kid and then you're like, oh, my God, I'm the worst mom ever. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, that kid was going to trip anyway. That kid's clumsy. Yeah. So... You know what I'm saying? So, but you, but then you're thinking about it. Like, you're like, oh my God, what if he had broke his face off or, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I feel like for you to go, a mom really should know where she's stepping so that she doesn't trip her kid. Yeah. First off, it's unnecessary. Second off, everybody knows that you're just acting like that because you're a terrible mom mm -hmm. and you don't want anybody to do it. So every time you mom shame somebody, everybody else in the world is looking at you going, that heifer is a terrible mom. We all know it. <laughs> that's what we think. Yeah. And if we didn't think it before, that's what we think now. So anytime you see that, you just say, listen, just so you know, whenever you mom shame like that, everybody thinks you're a worse mom and you're just trying to make yourself feel better so now we all know you're a terrible mom too yeah so this heifer may be a terrible mom but you're worse mm -hmm. so that's what we think anyway i can't stand her now full disclosure my kid left this school like four years ago <laughs> and this was way before that <laughs> this thing happened like legitimately probably six years ago and i still can't stand this woman because of it oh hold a grudge <laughs> she better hope i don't see her broke down and be like i hope you got a nutritious snack ever that's how i'm gonna be she'd be like what <laughs> yeah she probably ain't thought nothing else about it <laughs> i'm like throw a stalk of celery at her like here's your nutritious snack <laughs> hope it fixes your tire Oh, Lord. Anyway. All right. We need to close this. All right. It's been forever. Or we maybe sure not. with I the mom know. this time. Oh, it'll probably be Mother's Day this episode, wouldn't it? I don't know. It's if like it's Mother's Day, Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, if it is. If not, Happy Mother's Day anyway. Yeah. It would be so cool if it was because we were talking about mom shamers and stuff. Might be. That would have been perfectly unplanned planned. It would be. Mm -hmm. All right, she says y'all share us with a mom. 
And um, again, I'll remind y'all if y'all got any stories you want to share to possibly be included, um, personal stories about close calls, or I guess if you were kidnapped, you could tell us that story. Oh, yeah, that would Somebody be a cool got kidnapped story. and isn't kidnapped anymore. So yeah. you got one kidnapped. Have you got any weird stories that you want to tell? Yeah, tell us. We're curious. Yeah. Alrighty. Some time that you got arrested or something. Yeah, what you were wearing. Yeah. All right. Well, um, y'all. We'll catch y'all next week. Yeah, y'all see our social media. I'm out and I ain't going to tell y'all about it. Yeah, know what I'm it is. telling it. <laughs> All right. Y'all All right. share us with a mom. See you next week. Bye. Bye.